Hi, I'm Logan. And I'm Dustin. And this is One and Done, the show where we talk about a TV series that lasted for only one season, and we do it in the amount of time it takes for us to drink one drink. Hence, One and Done. This time I said one drink and not one beer, as per usual, because we're not having beer this time are we dustin well, what are we having then we're having we usually don't always do a, a you know a sample a sample on the i was going to hold this up to the microphone as if to show them you did too you were that's how i was I getting saw it i was getting right i was turning label out to put it in front of the microphone to go look that's that's how fucking can, can you dummy see that's how fucking tired i am these days that <laughs> Yes, we are having uh, we're having some wine because that uh, pairs with what we are uh, talking about. We're also cheating a little bit because this was meant to be a limited series. It was meant to be a, a I believe it was meant to be one and done. No, it was no sequel was planned. Yeah, I think we've decided to loosen up on the well, the rules a bit. We're gonna cheat when we can, and especially because this show we talked about it on an episode not too long ago, but it was something I had watched and liked, and then you said you were starting it, and then. I think we talked about it recently, that uh, we both liked it. We want to talk about it. But the Netflix series, Midnight Mass. Uh, but we're doing wine because uh, wine plays a role in it. The sacrament, because there's religion to it. Yes. We'll get more big, into big that. religious uh, yeah. overtone in this yeah, yeah, particular yeah. series. <laughs> yeah, overtone. Yeah, I'd say. <laughs> Maybe it's just the tone. Overarching <laughs> theme, if you yeah. will. No, I... I I, w- I would agree with that. Uh, it's a, it's not only just that it's a, a theme in it, but it's like it's openly just discussed, like faith and that kind of stuff, bunch of other stuff. And there's also a horror element, a lot going on in this show. So we're going to start with some some non-spoilies, but then we're going to probably eventually, we'll warn you before we do, but then we're going to spoil the we shit out of this show. We have to, or else we won't have much to say. No, then, uh, yeah, then I should pour very <laughs> short pours. <laughs> If we're not going to spoil anything. It would be, show is good. It would be, yes. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> yeah, you know how you like to do a shot of Cabernet? Uh, but yeah, this is the Menage a Trois Cabernet Sauvignon. Uh, but this one in particular was aged three months in bourbon barrels. That's why I chose it for us. And I've had the, this company's wine before, and I've liked it. So maybe while I, because uh, I haven't even opened this bottle yet, but I got my fancy electric corkscrew that Dustin's a big fan of, uh, but while I do that, do you maybe want to read some of the just the details of the show? And I'll just do some some background business here. I would love to. Show was uh, written and created by Mike Flanagan, who we've discussed before on the yes. show. You would know him from House on Haunted Hill, Most or the Haunting of Hill House. Pardon me, Bly Manor. Yeah, the Haunting of Hill House is what it's yep. called. Yeah. Those are probably his two most recent big hits. Mm-hmm. You're gonna need to talk um, a little louder. Get ready. So, as usual, his wife is in it, Kate Siegel. Um, She's great. Too. She is fantastic She's in it. Great in the show. <laughs> Keep going. I gotta pull it out now. Um, Zach Guilford is also in it. I have not really seen him in much, but he was great in the show. Hey, not gonna lie, I didn't do it well enough. <laughs> I gotta go again. As Logan alluded to, is a Netflix original. It does seem like Mike Flanagan is a Netflix darling these days. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. This does not want to come out. Oh, no. We may not be doing this. There we go. There I got it. There I got it. (laughs) I pulled it out too soon. Uh, Yeah, no, because he's just, he has another show. Oh, my God. Get the cork out now. You have to go, you have to go reverse to get the. (laughs) Yes, he does. It's a Edgar Allan Poe tale. So I'm pretty excited about that. Is it? What's he doing? 
Oh, I'll try to find it. Because he has like a like a isn't there like a kids show he's doing or like a preteen some sort of like horror series? I can't remember what it's called, but I saw he had I thought something else coming on there. Now here's a question: How heavy do we want this pour for this one and done? A, de- I guess a, a fair amount, yeah. Gonna, we want this to last. How, you, I guess you say when. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Man, that's a real that's a real Jess pour almost. Uh, my 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 girlfriend Jess is an yeah. alcoholic. No. <laughs> no, she just likes wine after a long day of being a nurse. As she should. Which sounds like a horrible, horrible job. <laughs> sounds real shitty. I'm very Literally. proud. Of, I'm very proud of her. No, she does deal with a lot of poop. But we're. I think we're gonna try. We're probably doing one glass, not one bottle. I'm guessing. <laughs> Although I guess we can see. <laughs> yeah, well, you never we, know. With if, us. We, if we really dig into it. Um. Uh, also, uh, did you mention that? Uh, oh, what's his name? He plays Elliot in E.T. He was also in... Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas. Did you say his name? No, I did not. Okay, I didn't know if you did. He's in he's, it, he's, too. Cause he's yeah, he's in, one of the more notable people you'll recognize. Because he's in in uh, Hill House. I don't know if he's in Bly Manor. I haven't watched Bly Manor yet. I figured he yep. was. He was also in... Um, he plays uh, Jack Nicholson in Dr. Sleep that Mike Flanagan did. Yeah. So when they do flashbacks to Jack Torrance, you know Jack Nicholson's character from The Shining... It's uh, uh, Henry Thomas. Is that his name? Yeah. I think I always forget his name because it's kind of a bland name. It's two name. first names is the one thing. And then I always want to put Elliot in there. I always want to make one of his... I always want to make his last name Elliot. And I'm like, no. No. That's, that's his the character ki- that's the from kid E.T. That's the played in E.T., a movie that makes me cry. You might be right. Uh, Mike Flanagan's next project is called The Midnight Club. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, okay. a, it looks like a Netflix's version of like, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Is what's kind of got like a preteen vibe to it. I could be wrong, but I swear they're working on a project that's a Poe one. But Well, hey, they very could. Maybe could I'm be. wrong. They, they absolutely could be. Um, no, I, I, I like what Mike Flanagan has done uh, I went from through, what I've seen so far. I went through his filmography. Mm-hmm. He started a little slow. He had some... Uh, like Oculus, do you remember that horror movie? Yes, I remember it. I didn't see it, but I remembered it because it was about a, an evil mirror or yeah. something, which I heard was actually okay. I heard that one was okay, yeah. I heard it was actually all right. I never saw it. Uh, Karen Gillan's in it. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, who's she playing? Fucking? Nebula. Thank you. Couldn't remember her. Or she's in the Jumanji new ones. She was in Doctor Who as well. That was like her that first. That was her breakout. That was yep. her breakout. She yep. was she was one of the Doctor. But you're not even going to clink me before Ooh. you just... I got so Thank excited. Thank you. All right. Well, there. I think now that, right. that starts the official There's timer. Blood of Christ, Spiritus Santi, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so th- this first part, we'll do a little non-spoily here. We'll just do kind of... More vague review. We're going to need to spoil it pretty quick. Um, I think just to get out of the way, if you're if you're kind of thinking like, ah, I don't know if I'm going to watch it or whatever, I think we both recommend it. Yeah. You got to check it out for sure. I think it's a good... Uh, go ahead and raise your mic up a little more to your face there. Just, yeah, you're a little, a little high up. There we go. Yeah, there we go. There we yeah, go. Yeah, okay. There we go. I like that. There we go. You just got a little quiet there. No, it's all right. We already got noise going. It doesn't matter. Go do whatever you want. <laughs> I rarely leave the adjustments in, but fuck it. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I I not only recommend it, but if you're on the fence of watching it, I'd say don't listen to this and go watch it. Yeah, you should probably not. You might glean something you don't yeah, want to. Yeah, because it's the fun of the show 
was the reveal of the show. Do you need to tilt that down now that you are you sitting differently? <laughs> I'll just try to stay stationary. I struggle with these things. Oh, no, you're, you're good. I'm all over the place. I just noticed you'd moved and you suddenly got shorter. I'm like, well, now he needs to tilt that mic back. I didn't realize you were sitting on your foot. <laughs> Uh, hey, it's good to see you, man. We it were- <laughs> is so good. We're so good at this. We, we're very good at this. Um, but yeah, I would just say, yeah, I, I would I would recommend... Save this episode till when you're done. Yeah, I would recommend going and, and watching it. That would be... I think my I think the first half of this non-spoiler part is me just convincing you to go watch it. Because I, I think it's a good show. That It's got a really... Um, it's got a great tone to it that is is both it has that kind of that impending doom quality that like hill house had and stuff like too but it's not it's not so like scary scary it's not as tense as moments in haunting of hill house but yeah it's it's much more maybe more dramatic though like it's much more about some of the like just dramatic like story tension tension between characters and stuff like that rather than the whole time you've been like yeah you're not on the edge of your seat like that one where you're there's no jump scares really either i don't think i don't know if there's a single jump scare in this one to be honest i don't yeah i don't think there was if there was maybe one but hill house had a few and hill house has the the i've talked about before on the show but has uh, the most jarring jump scare i've ever seen in my life yes and if you ask anyone who's seen that show they know they know exactly what they know what jump scare you're talking about because it rocks everyone's world it also thematically works anyway that's the other show um do you have something to say no okay the way you raised your finger i thought you had something i was cutting you off i like to do that to keep you on your toes i appreciate that because i want to make sure i'm not just steamrolling you oh no i want you to be able to jump in um, I like the setting. It takes place on basically an island that is only accessible by ferry. Yeah, which and, helps the tone. Like this raises the stakes a little bit in certain situations. Yeah, it grounds it uh, nicely of being because like some outlandish stuff starts happening. Yeah, it helps things make sense in this community. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and it also that lends to the tone of it too because and this isn't in the, an original thought. Um, cause I saw this in several reviews and other stuff like about this show. It's, it's the best Stephen King adaptation. That's not a Stephen King. I think I've saw that too. And that it makes total sense it, when you watch this, you're like, yeah, this feels yeah. a lot like a Stephen King. A little different though. Well, it's a little different, but like it's, it's really, it's, well, once we start spoiling it, we'll really dig into that more, but it's kind of the way he builds stories and communities of characters absolutely because he, he loves that just the interwoven drama with yeah several different characters yeah and it's very clear like the island is in they don't say exactly where but it's very clearly in in like northeast it's something kind of yeah. like new england and a lot of his stories take place in maine and stuff like that um and that kind of in new england area mostly but i know yeah you can see some inspiration was oh for sure was pulled but 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 it's like I I almost wish it was a Stephen King, and I'd be like, "Hey, good, another good Stephen King adaptation." <laughs> well, it's funny because he I saw that he did uh, Gerald's Game. Oh, that's Netflix. right, that was the other one he did. That's right, yeah. I knew he did another Netflix thing. But that's right, Gerald's Game. So he did do uh, a Stephen King. Has he done, yeah, has he done yeah. a couple? Well, and then he did uh, Doctor Sleep too. So he's done a couple. Yeah. So he's been kind of knocking on that door for a while. And... A little bit. Well, I know this is an idea he's had for a long time. Uh, Midnight Mass, because. Yeah. Um, this, I don't think spoils anything, but like, it was a part of like, it was about like his journey into sobriety and stuff. And he was having struggles of faith. And that's a big part of what the show is about as well. Um, 
Which, I mean, also, that's... Stephen King wrote about that shit, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of parallels <laughs> you know? there. Um, I know the one thing... I think we can we can say this and it won't spoil anything. The one thing... And you had said this, that one thing that bumped with you a little bit was it's, it's, it's a monologue-heavy show. There's a lot of monologues in it. Yes. And that was a lot of people's complaint about the show. And you you said you got a little burnt out on those, towards, right? Towards the end. Yeah. When I kind of wanted things to Resolve, get moving, yeah. they sort of... For me, the show literally did one too many. I actually loved all of them because, I don't know, when was the last time you had a show where just characters really just sat and like talked about stuff and it every monologue has like weight to it and it it, it it enhances character and reveals stuff and drives theme. I'm like, I haven't seen a movie like this in a long time. No, because no one has any patience anymore. No one has the patience for it. That's why yeah. some people didn't like this show because, well, all these monologues. And like, I liked them all until there was one in like the last episode where I was like, I don't need this one. And it was long. And it was when things are like really coming to a head. And I'm like, this one I don't need. All of the other ones I've liked. All of the other ones I've actually really, I've loved the characters. All the performances in the show are fucking say, great. The fact that they the, the actors had to pull all this off was just what an effort they had to put in. Everyone is so good in this show. There, There is not a, a you know. I don't know, think there's a dud in the bunch. No. Not at all. Everyone is bringing their fucking A game. Killing it. Like you, you really care about some of these people. Like I found myself really caring about pretty much every character in the show. Except for like the one who's clearly gonna be evil. And it's very, that's also a very Stephen King character. Because it's the gal, the overly religious gal yep. who wants to... Oh, it's Carrie's mom. It's Carrie's mom. It's what's her... Mrs. Darmody from The Mist. Yeah. It's um, uh, fucking Annie Wilkes from yes. Misery. It's oh, like, yeah. It's a very Stephen King character. It's like she's... Oh, she's, uh, you know, a parishioner she's, at the church. She's clearly a protagonist. Or antagonist, antagonist. pardon me. Yeah, she's... Well, and then it's like, like yeah, she's, from the gate, she's a parishioner of the church, but really fancies herself to kind of be the reverend a little bit. Thinks she's the oh yeah, she thinks she's yes. running things there. Absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yeah. like, I'm like, that is such a Stephen King character. <laughs> well, then they do the subtle things where you're like, is she up to some shit? You can't yeah. prove it, but is she up to something? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I know. I don't know where be, to go. From might here. be time to get into spoilies. I think maybe. So we I maybe. Think so because. So if you're curious, and there, and also I will say we won't reveal what the horror element is, but there is a slow burn kind of horror element to the show that I really like, and I think has a pretty good payoff. Like once it's and like you had said upstairs before I start talking, just to be, I'm going to use coded language still for this, but like it, or we were talking about how like you. Even when it starts revealing itself, you still are kind of like, is that what it is, though? It's mu- It must be this other thing. And then once it finally pops off, you're like, oh, that is what it is. And now it's fucking going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it. He, he's very clever how he, it's very he works it in done. and you're just not sure. Yeah. It's very cleverly done. So, um, and it's just, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's a great series. It's a rumination on faith and sobriety. And I'm very clear, too, when I say it's like rumination on faith. It's not like... It's not like a show where it's like a show about religion. They kind of just like trash church or come down. It's like, it's really exploring like what does faith mean to people? How do people lose faith? How do people get faith? Yeah. And it's not trying to sway you in any way. No, it's just literally being like, here's 
how this is what it means to these characters. It means these people how what they're dealing with, how yeah, just how navigating situ- it. Yeah, how situations in your life can change that, and how how some people that faith holds them back, and how some it you know it it makes them see the world a little more clearly. It, it's I, I think it's a really just well done to explore those ideas where it, like I mean that's the one thing that's not very Stephen King because it's not it's not as hopeless, even though it, it does kind of ultimately drive to a pretty hopeless place but like there's throughout the show it kind of lets you know like no there's there's hope in life and in trauma and in all that like you know what i mean yeah where stephen king shines away from that especially during his like really cokey years (laughs) there was a lot less hope in in his work just a little bit i say you've read a lot more stephen king than i have i have read quite a bit I've actually never read any Stephen King. I've just seen a lot of movies, and I've I've read about his stuff, but I've never really buckled down. No, he usually goes down the dark path and then continues. Mm-hmm. Very dark. Yeah. Yeah. On a side note, just about that, too, I, I finished a Cormac McCarthy book, too, and he's a little nihilist, too. In this book, I thought for sure, I'm like, you know, because the road's pretty nihilist, but still kind of ends on an optimistic note. And I thought, maybe this one will, too. Nope. Nope. <laughs> This one was just like, and it was really blunt too. Like it was journey in the book. Suddenly was just like, um, and then it sucks and everyone's sad. Oh, all right. All right. End of book. Thanks for reading. And there was a picture of him. It just said, thanks for reading my book. Yeah, sucker. (laughs) It was a good book though. Um, outer dark is what it's called. Um, all right. Maddie's telling us it's time. You hear that bell. That's my dog's collar. And <laughs> when we hear that sound, When you hear that bell, it means spoiler it means alert. It means it's time to get into spoilies. Uh so here and out, we're spoiling the shit out of the show. So again, I'm just I'm just I'm just gonna warn him again. Cause I think this show is just better when you don't really know much about it. Yes, going in blind as possible. Which I did, because you told me to, so I was like, I'm not looking anything up. I didn't tell you anything about it. I'm like, I just think you should watch the show. I think you'll like it. I think they did a great job with the trailer to compel you to want to watch it. Yeah. But gave nothing away. They gave nothing away. And I didn't hear any, like, I'd only, like, read some vague reviews, and they were trying to be like. Yeah, I think everyone did a really good job. Everyone who liked this one was like, just go watch it. I don't want to tell you about about it. It's What, it's What a nightmare to have to review, too. For someone who does this for a living. I know, right? Um, so here we go. Here come spoilers. Where do we start? Yeah, where do we start? I guess just right at the beginning with our first main character. Fade in. <laughs> I do like the one thing Flanagan always pulls off is creepy imagery in that. Creepy imagery. So it opens, is it, does it open on the uh, crash? It opens on the accident, yeah. Okay. So the character who, I forget his character's name... Um, I've also it's been a minute since I've watched this. I didn't rewatch it uh, for this, so I'm I'm gonna be kind of just pulling from the old the old brain box. So but. it's Riley Flynn. Riley Flynn. Uh, yeah, it opens up on him. He's he's on the curb, right? He's sitting on the curb, and there's cops around. And you see two smashed cars in the back, and then um, he then because he's he's I think he's a stockbroker. He's some sort of he's, some he's sort doing, of he's a, finance bro. He's a big city boy now. He's a big city boy. I think he's a finance bro in Chicago. I think is what it is. Um, and he uh, he got drunk and crashed into a car and killed a girl. So he went to prison for I think it's five years. I, I think, think something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, for uh, for vehicular manslaughter or whatever that you're, he's charged with for that. Um, 
And then so he's it shows that opening and then it cuts to him. He's getting out of prison now. He's going back to his home, which is this small island. Um, I forget the name of the island. If they you don't need to Google that if if you don't have it. Um, but he he goes back to this small island and this island's got I think they said like forty people on it or something like that. If that. yeah, it's tiny. Uh, Crockett Island. Crockett Crockett Island. Yeah, they never say specifically what state it's off of. Just kind of lets you know. It looks like it's kind of a yeah. They keep a lot of things ambiguous but in a good way like yeah. i kind of like it. i don't need to know oh, i like that too because then you're not sure like what city are they close to or whatever you just know they're off of a mainland um it i i always kind of took it it seemed like it was off of like massachusetts or something yeah because it felt uh, very there's amity a big, there's a big fishing community there. fishing community looks like the his dad uh played by elliot from et <laughs> um henry elliot he <laughs> uh he seems to be like a crab fisherman or a lobster yeah. fisherman because he's not he's got a small like Boat with he's got the cages. little traps, yeah, they yeah. Throw yep. But they never, I never really saw if he pulled a lobster or a I don't crab, think they so ever not, showed what they're. Yeah, again, I don't know if he was. Maybe he just wouldn't catch anything. Maybe he's a shitty fisher. Yeah. <laughs> he might really suck at he his might job. Might just be a really shitty fisherman. Um, but uh, he's back now, and uh, they talk about too how a lot of people have left the island because. I think someone bought up some of the land, or oh, oh there was no, a spill. There was an oil spill. Remember? That yeah, like, and there was a lot of payouts that people took because that was a big issue. A lot of yes. tension on the island. Yes. Yeah. So people took these payouts to leave, and then that also killed like the fishing community too. So this, this is a small like dying town on this really isolated island where they get like mail once a week. And other stuff oh yeah, like there's that. like two. There's like two ferries they, a day. They literally have. I think yeah, an evening and a morning one. Yeah, and then there's like one boat the island has. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like they all have their individual boats, some of them, but there's like one like main boat <laughs> that comes and goes. Um, well, and they show us that too when they when we go through the town. It's like a dirt road, and you don't see any vehicles. Did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no vehicles. There's no cars. Everyone just walks to where they're going because they don't need any cars um, for that island. Another character would be our sheriff, who was also the owner of the convenience store in town. Does he own the convenience store? I thought the sheriff's office was just in the Or is it the that just his store. office? That it's could just, be. Yeah, it's, it's okay. such a small town that in the back of the convenience store, there's an office that is the sheriff's office. Um, and he... What is that actor's name? Do you have his uh, name? God, I'm going to butcher this. Raul Coley? That sounds about right. Yeah, Rahul Coley. I'd say okay. that, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's in town and he's... Um, this is a very small like Christian town. Um, there's one church, and they've had the same pastor for like 70 years or whatever. Old guy who's been there. Um, he's the sheriff. He comes in. He's Muslim. Yep, him and his son. He has a son as well. He's a son who's Muslim, and they're you know, and that's not initially a problem. There's a you know, they're like there's the town drunk who I forget his name. I want to say Joe. Probably I'm guessing Joe. I think you might be right. <laughs> Actually, it might be Joe. But it's played by um the Joe Collie. Joe Collie. He's played by the groundskeeper from Haunting of Hill House, who I think is yeah. Uh, his name's Robert Longstreet. He's great. He I love is that fantastic. Guy. Yeah. I love that guy. He he's, yeah no he went through it like he he put on a, a clinic. He's he's so good in this show, and he's only got like the one like really great scene in Hill House, and I love that scene where he talks about like his history with the house and like the things they hear, and it's like I'll I'll never be here at night. I'll work here forever, but I'll never I will never be here. Come sundown, I will not set foot in this house. <laughs> Like, no, it was nice. I just to, gave myself chills remembering his monologue from that. I because I, I that actor is great. I love seeing no, him he, and stuff. I'm glad he got a more uh, he could, a bigger role in this. This is a juicier part, and he really digs in, and he's so he's heartbreaking in it. 
and that's and that's so to net out now from this like you have these characters you we get like the show really takes the time to introduce their characters and all their connections because and all their trauma too because with him specifically you find out his backstory because you also see this little girl who's in a wheelchair and they pass by and they give a weird look and then you find out in the backstory is that he was out like drunk hunting and he shot her and and hit her in the spine so she's been in a wheelchair so you have this this small community and that's the thing they're so tiny this community such a tiny ass town so you can't avoid these people no <laughs> and everyone's got these really really great uh connections and and ju- i don't know just <laughs> i i feel dumb but it's like it, it's just it's good writing <laughs> it's just like and it's written like a good novel you know what i mean that's how it feels well, that's Not why just, it's like stephen king because it's it unfolds like a really good novel. Well, and I think with this one too, like because it feels like a really good novel, and it's like it makes it feel like a really good movie, even though it's like what eight episodes? Yeah, I believe Some eight. Of them, yeah, it feels like one. Like I, because I watched the first seven in one sitting. I just I <laughs> started watching because I had the day off and I just didn't have to do anything, and I just sat down. And I was like, I'll start this, and then I took it down and i honestly when i look back my one regret on the show is i wish i'd watched all eight in one sitting but i watched the next one the next night i think i had somewhere to go that night but i i I loved the journey so when i came back to that last one i was kind of like oh but now it feels like i'm watching like a different thing (laughs) (laughs) i loved taking it all down like that it just it it was a satisfying watch you know i couldn't really do it with hill house because you look exhausted because it gets scary. Yeah. That's tough. That one's tough. <laughs> That's a traumatic show. That show. That one. No. Me. That one just does that traumatize is, you. That is a scary show. Um, I do like this one. Will follow characters and it'll highlight one for a while, mm-hmm. but then we'll move on to another and we stay with them. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it. It's not. It doesn't make like oh this episode's about this character, but it'll be like they're going to get a big chunk of this episode, but then we're going to go and check in with the others. But now you know that story for the next episode. Yeah, we don't really have a main character in this show. No, not really. Like, it, I think it, the town is kind of the main character. I, I would or the say church, so. Or maybe the church even. The church even, yeah. Because like, Riley's your anchor, but then it branches out from there and you start... I, get, I, got, I was invested in all the characters. I was really, really like just caught up in the ensemble. Like, it's really good. Um, but speaking of the church, because then also there's talk. Everyone keeps talking about how the the pastor, like, has been gone on mission or whatever. He's, he's been he's been gone on a mission um, to, to the Middle East. And uh, but then suddenly a young pastor shows up, played by uh, Hamish Linkletter, who is an actor I've always liked. He's been you'd know him from something. Yeah, you, he definitely has one of those faces where you've seen him. But he's been in a bunch of shit. Cause I remember first seeing him on some sitcoms, and then he was on... Um, oh, what the fuck has he he's been in? Fargo Season 3. I'll go ahead and just throw out some Fargo. He's in Fargo Season 3. <laughs> uh, he was on... Oh, he's in The Big Short. Um, I don't know, he's just one of those guys. He's been. He's just one of those working guys who's been in a hundred different things. Um, but he shows up. He's the young pastor uh, in this, and then he kind of brings a new energy to the church and yeah because uh, numbers have been down that's one of the things a lot of people show up for the b- the big events that is yeah. one thing they mentioned yeah because i think they said like easter's coming so yeah. like, suddenly people show up for that and there's the one the who's the lady i think the actress is annabeth gish i want to say uh the our the kind of evil one yeah uh, her name's samantha sloyan 
Samantha Sloyan. Uh, Bev Keen is her character name. Bev Keen. Isn't Annabeth Gish in this show? Maybe not. I thought I saw her name. I thought she plays somebody. She does. She's the doctor, remember? She's the her, doctor. Her mother who has Alzheimer's? That's right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, remind me to come back to that. Yes. About, about the mother, because I just have... <laughs> I do have a thing on, on that, but I won't reveal that yet. Um, but yeah, because then you have the doctor, and she's uh, the grounds, the, the housekeeper yep. in, in uh, uh, Hill House. Um, and then, yeah, uh, you have Riley's parents and he's got a younger brother. He does. Yes. And then, um, Kate Siegel, she's, um, she's a teacher in town and she's pregnant. Cause I think she, she was away. She came back. She was away, came back. And then was it that she had a, a one night stand and just like left? Or was it that she, I can't remember. I her, can't exactly remember. It was, it was something along those lines. It was along those lines. I, I can't fully remember. Or if she just decided she wanted to have a kid on her own. I don't, I don't fully remember the story there. Um, but so that's kind of the introduction to the characters. Was but she in an abusive relationship? Maybe it might have been something. That might have like been that. something like that. And she left. It, it might have been. I can't quite remember. Yeah. But yeah, then you have uh, Bev. She's the the evil parishioner. So they we're kind of giving you. That's the main cast of characters. There's other ones who come through, but they're a little more background. But the, that's like the main people we're going to be dealing with. We're really digging into this one. We've never dug yeah. in so hard in a one and done. Look at us. Uh, but we like this show. <laughs> um, and then. As as it progresses, like you, you get these hints at the uh, the pastor being weird, this new young pastor, and then there starts to be like Riley thinks he sees the old pastor on the beach during like a hurricane one night, and kids hear something creepy behind them, and then after this big storm, a bunch of dead cats wash up so many dead cats a bunch of dead cats and everyone's like what the fuck could cause this but like i don't know but it looks like they've all had their necks broken too and everyone's like huh weird yeah because there's a part of the island too where like a bunch of just feral cats hang out because they were yes i think they said they're kind of the the like little party island off of the main island you see the kids take the rowboat out and i think they had said like someone had brought over like cats and just left them over there and then just they've been multiplying and there's just a bunch it's just a weird little side thing like (laughs) does where there's just an island of cats there's just this weird little cat island. island that's just lord of the cats over there and uh but you find all these so everyone's like i don't know maybe just like did they all get killed over who fucking knows i don't know and then there starts to be some weird sightings and then eventually we have like someone wanders into an abandoned house and and you see these reflective eyes and then something like grabs them yeah it's uh it's a drug dealer who he's a fisherman fisherman he, but he he'll also smuggle in drugs for the kids yeah, and he does work kiddies. for he does work for joe yeah catnip he brings catnip to cat island <laughs> it's a whole thing but the, the 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 big thing that kind of turns around the church, yeah, is that the girl in the wheelchair, yeah, can walk. Eventually, you get this thing where then the pastor is like, he's like, stand up, and everyone's like, don't do that, and he's like, stand up. That and is she, a very awkward moment. It's an it's but it's and not awkward, but you're like, it's like tense because you're like, it's tense. What if she doesn't get up? Because you also see the whole town be like. Don't do, like listen. We're all religious, but like, don't be a dick. Yeah, it's like almost like, <laughs> is this going to turn into one of those like weird Southern yeah. churches where? But then she stands up, and then suddenly, like other people, like remember the uh, Riley's dad, his back pain goes. Everyone starts getting there's yeah, there's these weird uh, small miracles happening. Yeah. One big one, and then a lot. of I mean, small that one ones. big ass yeah, one. that's a huge one. And then uh, this is just a off the scene. Then when she goes, because now she can walk, and when she walks and she goes and confronts Joe. 
that whoa that that scene. gives i'm getting chills now right you that, that scene like the two of those actors just because she confronts him before that though we should talk about so joe has a dog the town drunk yes yeah and they're at a it's the only thing he cares about it's a church they, do you like, remember what it's called the crockett oh Pop? it's yeah. some weird name yes yeah. Oh, it is like Crockpot or something. Yeah, like that. It's yeah. got a it's got a dumb name, and they even say like, eh, it was called that as a joke, but then it became the thing." And yeah, yeah I can't remember. It's got a really dumb. <laughs> yeah. So they're at this, but before all this, we should mention too. There's a lot of tension between Joe's dog and Bev. Yeah, Bev hates. She the dog hates the dog because the dog hates Bev. Which I feel like that's also a Stephen King thing of like, oh, here's the religious lady, and animals hate her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is obviously what happens in real life. Yeah. Uh, but then she poisons the dog, and then there's the sheriff's now investigating that, and and then the sheriff and Joe, like sheriff's the only guy who like is nice to but Joe. The scene even though, with Joe when the dog dies, that whoa, what was that actor's name again? I know we already said it. I'm sorry to make you keep juggling stuff, but you 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 dove on the phone grenade. Uh, Robert Longstreet. Robert Longstreet. I love that guy. Hire him for everything. He is such a good actor. I love that guy. Um, he's so good in this show. Um. And then, uh, because of the miracle, then he decides he's going to get sober. And Riley and the pastor have been having one-on-one AA meetings. And then they invite Joe to it. And it seems like this new it, young pastor is it like... Gives you, yeah, this show about halfway through, you get this sense of like, man, things are turning around. And because you care about these characters so much, you're just like, I'm happy. Like, all of them are like, doing Good stuff. for you, Joe. Yeah. And then this is where shit starts taking a turn. Because we start seeing odd behavior from the pastor. The pastor starts having weird behavior. He starts like kind of like getting weirdly ill at times. He's never out during the day anymore. He's only keeping himself in his room. And then the let me get to the big shocking reveal. I guess a moment that happens where um, something Joe falls and hits his head. I can't remember exactly what happens. Like yeah, the pastor Joe, freaks him out. He goes to yeah, he goes to see him for something. I think it's probably he's like thinking about drinking. I think that's he's thinking why about he's drinking because I think it was like the anniversary. Oh, his sister died. Yeah, he talks about how his sister yes. in the mainland died, and so he was he was thinking about drinking, but he didn't want to, and he came to talk to pastor. And I think the pastor's like hugging him a little too tight, and then starts like smelling him in a weird thing. Yeah, and then Joe falls and cracks his head up on a table, and like immobilizes him, and then just blood pouring out of his head. And the pastor gets down there and starts drinking the blood and then just like cradles Joe and just like sucks on his head. (laughs) And we get this flashback then to or this story, this voiceover telling the story of like the old pastor went to his mission and whatever. He got lost in a sandstorm because he's like old and has dementia. See, the way I saw it is he was seeking out this. Oh, okay. I think he was. Interesting. We'll come back to that. Okay. Once we realize, well, we, once we say what it is. Yeah, yeah, okay. Because even though, even though, we're even, teasing it. Even though we're in spoilers, we've still been very cagey. We have to. <laughs> I'm just actually enjoying reliving the show right now. <laughs> I'm having fun just kind of remembering it. Uh, but he gets lost in this like sandstorm. I, I would, I would agree with you to an extent. Um, but he wanders into this cave for protection or, you know, for safety. And then. I love this scene too, by the way. It's so good. It's so good. He's in the scene, then he sees these reflective eyes in there. And then he... Well, and I love the journey he goes on with this in his mindset of what's happening to him. Yes. It's so good. Well, because it's that thing too of like how if you're, a, if you're a person of faith, sometimes you can use your faith to justify things. And so then he finds this 
creature. And it's this uh, like pale, bald creature with wings. And so he's like, it's an angel. And then the angel tackles him and sucks his blood and then cuts his wrist to give it his blood. And then suddenly the old priest wakes up and it is now Hamish Linkletter. It is the, the young, the new young priest in town is the old priest and he's back. And then, so this is where you probably see where it's kind of going. It's kind of revealed to be a vampire story. I'll use the word. Yeah. I'll say it. The it's show a nev- vampire story. It's a vampire story, but it, it, I can't remember seeing a vampire story done so well. <laughs> <laughs> no, because any other vampire story wants you to know immediately that it's a vampire. And it wants to make it about the coolness of being a vampire. And this is very much more about, I don't know, about be, being blinded by faith. Like thinking that, because honestly, think about it. There is a there is a reality in which being turned into a vampire is a miracle. Yeah, right? I mean, you're reborn, essentially. You're reborn. But then like things start seeping in. And then we find out then like the reason why he's now out a lot is because he's sensitive to the light. And like Yeah, he's like he's slowly turning is too is the yeah. other thing. And it's more slow burn than just being like, ah, it's a vampire show. Cause even and like that's what I was talking about where we were talking upstairs of like Oh, even when I started realizing, I'm like, oh, is it a is it kind of a vampire thing? Because it seems like it, but then you're like, no. But I'm like, but maybe not. Maybe, maybe that is an angel or or like a demon thing or something yeah. from the Bible. Like in my head, I kept being like, it's probably not just a vampire, right? But then as it keeps going, I'm like, oh, no, it is, it, is a, it is a vampire. It's just well done. I'm not used to seeing vampires well done anymore. <laughs> and so you find out then, too, why people are getting healthier is because he's the sacrament he's been giving out is the vampire's blood. Yeah, he's been nightly giving him a decanter of it yeah and he's putting it in with the uh communion that yeah they take. so people are getting healthier because they are gaining and that's this yeah i love that realization because you're like oh my god yeah. that's why everyone's getting better because you don't know about the vampire thing it takes a after the miracles are happening yeah and then once you realize that you're like holy shit yeah i had a feeling at a point i had a feeling i'm like i have a, i think he's the old pastor. I had that feeling. Yeah. I didn't know why, but I'm like, I shows well, up. Well, they do mention, because they talk about like, oh, I see you're, you you use the old sermon. There's yeah. There's little tiny, tiny Yeah, hints. there's there's little hints like that. Maddie, we heard the bell again. We're already doing spoilers, okay? You're, you're too late. Um, Yeah, there's, there's these little hints at that stuff, but I, there was, I don't know, there was just something that was kind of like, hmm. Because I'm like, the lame version would be like, oh, he killed the old pastor and then he showed up or whatever. Or because at a point when when they first show him show up, he brings in a big uh, like box trunk, or a big yeah. trunk and then taps on it. And, and I thought it was tapping. the old man. I had a vibe at first. I had that first too. I'm like, oh, maybe is the old man in that? But then like the guy knocks back. So I'm like, okay, so he wanted to be brought back this way. Yeah. And then I'm like, maybe something happened to him. And then as it just kept going, I'm like, oh, I think maybe. It's the master. And then you find out these, yeah, these. The, the sightings people were having was this creature out at night and hence the dead cats and everything too. Um, and then uh, another big like twist then is when Riley walks in on the pastor and the angel is what it's kind of referred to in the show. And the angel fucking just breaks his fucking neck, breaks his neck, kills him drinks his blood but then the next episode starts with him waking up yep. and now he has been turned which that was crazy too because he, he he's kind of set up to be our main character yeah and then he's not 
He's not, but he's he also though has a really full great arc and then where his story ends is so like brutal and beautiful and stuff too because he gets turned to this vampire now and then like the pastor's trying to teach him he's like you're gonna have these cravings to like kill people he's like but you can get past it it's like almost treating it still like it's aa yeah because they're still doing it in the rec center for like the aa stuff um i think then he realizes that he is not going to probably because he was an alcoholic yeah well, I think that becomes his his journey then of then being like, oh, actually how I can let go of my pain and my trauma is by not even trying to live with this. It's like a weird, it's a weird like giving up and letting go is also his like fight. I, I, I don't know. It's really well done though of just like dealing with trauma because he also, he sees the girl he killed at night. He always looks straight ahead at like in bed and it shows her. And what oh, I, so haunting. Well, I love too because they show her and she's got glass in her face and stuff. And you always see the reflections of the police light in the in the, in the glass, glass, but yeah. never on the walls behind her or anything. Like he's so good with those jarring visuals. Those, yes, because it's creepy every time they do it. Second chills. <laughs> Just thinking about that again. <laughs> uh, and then how what he decides to do? Then he goes and talks to. Uh, uh, Katie Siegel's character. I forget her character name. She's great in this show too. She's so great. Like I know we, I always feel back to always refer to her as as Mike Flanagan's wife and she's so much more. She's so much more than that. I never mean to do it. To me it's always like usually when someone's like, "Oh, they're married to the director so they get Paul and the stuff" means like cuz they're an okay actor, but uh, like Mila Jokovic. <laughs> Honestly, Kevin Smith's wife, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it and I get it. I'd put, you know, my loved ones in a movie Absolutely. too if I could. But then but this also, is one where it works because she is so great. She's just really, she's a great actress. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's just, her husband makes stuff she's really good in. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just very yeah. good pairing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then he rows out into a boat with her and waits for the sunrise. And then, well, he has this vision where he sees then like the girl he killed and she's like, come with me. Like he has this closure with her. And then this moment, it cuts back then out of his memory and Katie Siegel is screaming because his body has burst into flames and is crumbling into ash. Oh yeah, because he doesn't warn her of what's going to happen. Well, because he even straight up says, he's like, I can't explain this to you so yeah. you're just going to have to see to yeah. see it and I'm sorry that I have to do this to you but it's what's going to happen. And then this is where the this is where the show gets a little off the rails because then it, and where you get lose, lose a little bit of like logic of how people just kind of lose people even though all we've been told is how small this town is but they're like oh we can't find the people who want to kill all us vampires you know but um but where that leads to is then there's a scene where it's like it's uh, it's midnight mass where I they start having i found jarring though too is that a lot of our main characters are turning into vampires mm-hmm. you know like we're, we're going to lose a lot of the main people because they didn't even know they were just going to church yeah because that's what i think it's the second to last or third to last episode they have this big midnight mass and they're deciding like this is how we're all going to be reborn because they all have the blood in them but now like they have to die first to become the vampire so the pastor poisons everybody and the the vampire comes in he walks in and like terrifies everybody he's like this is the angel and it's like seven feet tall and it's got wings and it's wearing like a gown well and it's wild too because then like the whole town most of the town is now like on the side of the the vampire. Well, everyone feels so good. Yeah, because the uh, the doctor, her mother, who was old, like now suddenly she's the young version of herself yep. because he's been showing up and giving her. I did like her communion. character too because she is like fuck this. Oh, right away she's like, nope, this nope. is all wrong. She's like, this, nope, I don't like this. It's wrong. I don't care that I'm young. I don't fucking care. This sucks. <laughs> uh, I like the big arc with the sheriff and his son. 
because he's wanting to explore does Christianity. Does someone become Christian? I think mostly to fit in with the town. It is too. It's kind of a weird you know, peer like, pressure thing. But then this weird thing too. He starts being like, he's like, I want to explore it, and then now you have the dad who's been mad about people being closed-minded about Islam. He's now being really closed-minded about his son venturing out at all. And it's yeah, this, he's not happy about it. He's And he's pretty bullheaded about it, too. And it's kind of like, oh, this just... It, again, it's just a great rumination on faith and what it means to us and how it divides us, how it brings us together. Like, all of it. It explores every angle of faith, which I don't think I've really seen anything do to really explore every angle of it without having, like... a like a message, a message like, or a, uh, or a bias, yeah, a bias. A bias, yeah. There you go. It didn't really have that. It's kind of like no. It's just like it's for some people. It's not for everyone. It for some people it saves them. For some people it saves them getting away from it. For some people it turns them into monsters. Uh, see Bev. It, yes, exactly. Some people it's like they, they're so they're so convinced that they're you know the all of morality. Well, and then they, the pastor came in with the best intentions. Best intentions. To turn his town around. Yeah. He killed them all. He turned everybody into fucking vampires. Yeah. <laughs> it is very interesting, the different aspects that it hits. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And then the last episode is really just, the, just then just the town just turns into anarchy. And then that's that's what it kind of uh, devolves into. And it, it, it all uh, it all comes to a pretty satisfying conclusion. I mean, I guess since we're already spoiling it, then, you know, by the end of it, they... Well, they... <laughs> They, they, they doom themselves because they decide to burn. I think it's Bev's idea to burn the town down. And then their yeah. last safe haven is going to be the church. Yeah, it's going to be the church, which then the pastor burns down because he has a change of heart. And then they're like, the rec center. And then the sheriff burns down the rec center. And they're like, ah, oh, fuck. And then she the, she literally tries to go and tries to bury a hole, like, you know, dig a hole in the beach to hide under. And as she's like burning in the sunlight while she's doing, cause she's a coward. Right. Whereas all the other people, the rest of the town, they, they, they've accepted their fate. They actually decide to then get back behind their faith. And the, it ends with them all coming together, helping each other back up, singing a hymn as the sun comes up and they all just vanish into ash. And the only people left alive are the two children the younger brother yep riley's younger brother and the girl in the wheelchair uh, and lisa as, was her name lisa and as they're sitting I do like i like i know you're going the, yeah. the final line is so great because you see the the well thing. the other thing is too they, they have the um oh the doctor she sacrifices herself to chop up the um vampire's wings remember not the doctor um uh kate siegel it is kate she yeah you're it. right you're right she lets, you're it, right. She lets right. her feet on her and you're she right. cuts holes in the vampire's wings yeah and then it flies away, but it can't catch air, so it's like falling in the water. It's on an shit. island, but it's flying away because because at a point they're like, if if any of these people get to the mainland, like it, it then it takes on a real like you know kind of zombie vibe. Like if this gets out, you yeah. know, if the thing leaves Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but then as it as it flies away, it has trouble flying away. But then um, the two kids are sitting in the boat, and then the sun comes up, and then the little girl just looks ahead at the boy and just goes. I can't feel my legs. Which Fucking then, cut the black. Which, which means then tells us she's human again, which is a human, clever way of yeah. And the thing died, and yeah, because they yeah the rules are like they have to die first to like be a vampire or whatever. It's like they don't. Yeah, so you're kind of like half in, half out when you've been drinking the blood. Yeah, you get some of the powers, but you don't get like all the weaknesses yet. But then you don't. It's it's a little a little un, muddy, but a little muddy. But it didn't really matter. It didn't bother me at all. Yeah, it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me enough because it, it, as much as I know I'm a rules guy and I always talk about rules on this show, but I've also talked about how like... If but they you, were also never clearly established. If you leave your rules vague enough yeah. to give yourself wiggle room, 
I'm okay with that because then I I can tell you did that on purpose of like we're not gonna really explain this because also we don't it, need to take the time to no it didn't it wouldn't have changed anything yeah um so that's kind of I mean you know I think we did a good job actually of yeah. telling the whole show there actually in a really blunt way um this was probably more for us than anyone else just because we. <laughs> We just wanted to talk about. We've been kind of holding off on fully talking about the show because we knew we wanted to do a one. We have been. On it. We've been touching so on the, it, but so this has been us being able to like finally talk about uh, Midnight Mass. But I, yeah, and we still got some wine, so we're not done yet. But no. um, uh, I just I really liked this show. I re- it's probably one of my favorite things I've watched this year. Yeah, I, the, like I, I said, I really the only thing it. I got a little burned out at the end just on the monologues. The, the monologues because I was kind of ready for things to move along a little more. It's, it's the t- her last monologue, uh, Kate Siegel's last monologue as the vampires like feeding on her and then she she remembers back to her and riley having that conversation on the couch about yeah we had to like revisit that because they when they because that scene when that scene first happens i love that scene because they both just ask each other like what do you think happens when we die and they both give long speeches about what they think and i liked them because not only were they they really drove character they kind of drove their conflict between each other because they clearly wanted a relationship but they're both so scared and fucked up and they're dealing with trauma and all this shit um but they do just take turns just doing really long speeches about yeah. what they think happens after you die and i i it's a great scene <laughs> it's like it's just great great dialogue it's just a great speech like it's like a fucking play like i don't know it's just good um her yeah that last one because then as the vampire's feeding on her and then she has this flashback to that conversation and she gives a different speech about Oh, because that's another thing that, remember, because since she takes the sacrament, her baby's gone. Yeah. Because, like, like the vampire, like, the blood eats it or something. Like yeah, the, her something body weird, but it's it. just, it's gone. It's just gone. She didn't miscarry her. It's just, the baby's just gone. You know what I mean? Like, it, like Which is sad, because that's her. So sad. It's so fucking sad when it happens, too, but you're... Like that's that's also when things are starting to be revealed of like oh something's not that's when we go we start going downhill we've hit our yeah the peak of goodness and then now we're back yeah we're going back down and you know honestly to go back to to the rules that is honestly as much as I'm a rules guy the thing I didn't like is when they suddenly had the scene where the doctor's like here's how I think this blood works here you know they kind of have like the science breakdown of like so this happens so I think if it gets back I'm like okay now this just became like. A, a sci-fi action movie where you have to explain what we're doing right. here. You could have left that out. I think everyone yeah. understands they're vampires. Yeah. Because, yeah, she puts the her mom's blood in the sun and then it explodes yeah. and then other people's are doing it. And, it and, and then so she has this like... Which also doesn't make sense because she hasn't fully turned. So like you said, the rules are very muddy. The rules parts. are a little muddy. And then the, when the show tries to explain it is where I kind of be like, oh, we don't... This scene, I don't really care. And then they have to create like their plan like that's that's one of the downsides while we're on that too speaking of the mother because it's a a young she turns back into a young woman i knew that was going to happen because from the second i saw her as an old woman i said that's a young woman in old age makeup (laughs) the one thing and that happened in hill house and i think it's in bly manor too i haven't seen bly manor but i think i've seen clips mike flanagan's shows don't have great old age makeup he must really like a guy, and he needs to get a Cause, new guy. Because they do old age makeup at the very end of Hill House, and it looks like shit. And they do it on our favorite actor, the guy who plays Joe in this. Remember? They do it on them Oh yeah, at the very end, and they both look terrible. They do. And then the old age makeup in this show is really bad. Because the second I saw the guy, I'm like, I'm like, there's going to be, if not a flashback, she's going to get young or something. I just had that thought, because I'm like, that is a young actress. 
in old age makeup, and it looks terrible. Mike, hear me out. I know he's your bro. Get a new old makeup guy. Yeah, I, because I, even too when it goes when it does the episode where it's showing the old pastor, I didn't think it was Hamish Linkletter. I didn't really catch that, but I could tell it was a young guy in old age makeup. I'm like, that's old age makeup, and it doesn't look good. No. So that's and and uh, uh fucking E.T.'s Elliot. Um, he's in old age makeup in this too. It doesn't look good. It it's just they do right away. They they try to age him a bit and then de-age him as he because he gets a little yeah, yeah as he gets freshens up a little bit. Which is funny then too because then the woman playing his wife looks like she actually is a little bit older. You know yeah. what I mean? And then they kind of just glam her up a little bit as it goes. I'm not really sure, but yeah, it. it uh, that's the that was the one thing. The second the second I saw the doctor's mom, I'm like, that woman is 28. <laughs> like it was the sec because I I can spot me some bad makeup, <laughs> and I saw I I clocked that shit in one frame. I was like, nope, that's nope. a young woman. That is a young woman. So I'm like, either we're gonna get a young version of her, like she's gonna. T- I literally thought I'm like, either there'll be flashbacks or she is going to turn young. And those are just the two options. I'm like, that's the only reason why you'd have someone that young playing this woman. And you got to go with turning back young. Because why wouldn't you just cast a actress who looks similar for a flashback? Right. But, you know, that's the thing people are doing now, though, is, you know, or de-aging and stuff like that. Like, It was a weird trend that people are obsessed with. Yeah. Ever since The Irishman, especially. I mean, it was even a little bit before then, but yeah, especially since The Irishman. Now, if we're going to do a young version of someone, we have to do this. But no, you're right. I, we were seeing that beforehand. Yeah, because you had it right before with the with the Gemini Man, the the Will Smith movie, which I know the whole point of that is that they're like, they're copies, but like, you, you still could have done just a young version and an old, you know, and Will Smith as well. It's like, you know, Looper, you know, Bruce Willis, and then you just put, just put a fake just, nose on Joseph Gordon-Levitt and there you go. I'm in. Like, you can do that. I it's don't know. Fine. I I'm okay with it. I like the Irishman a lot, but there are scenes where I'm just like, oh, he's not supposed to be seventy right now. <laughs> he sure walks like a seventy year old man. The scene when De Niro has to kick that guy. I haven't seen it still. Oh, you still seen the Irishman? Oh, you'd like it. It's I. I know I would. It's just the fact that it's three hours. Or is it three plus? No, it's it's about three on the money. Okay. You know, here's the thing though. People complained about that. Which one? Then I know both of us will watch multiple episodes of a TV show in one sitting. And that's the thing. It's just it's a it's a mindset thing. Yeah. I know I'd be fine with it. That that one for me was a pretty easy takedown for three hours. I I've actually, heard that. Yeah. Not, I've watched it three times. The Irishman, which makes no sense because not only do I love all those actors, mm-hmm. uh, I love Scorsese. Is mm-hmm. Marty right? Yeah, it's Marty. Yeah, there's no reason we I should call have seen him this. Marty. We're on first name basis. Well, with ever Marty. since we did the episode on um, Shark Tales, we are pretty much, <laughs> uh, you know, one name basis. You started that, and I'm like, we haven't done a Scorsese movie, but I forgot about Shark Tales. <laughs> He's the best part of that movie. He was too. We loved him in that. We fucking love Marty. Marty. Marty plays a great blowfish. <laughs> I forgot that shit. <laughs> um, it's a good movie though. It's a really good it's a I I like it. It's a great uh 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 I I know he always says he wasn't making it to be like an answer to like his other mob movies. It totally was. It's a rumination of I love his mob movies. There's no reason I shouldn't have seen this. It's yet. it's great. Especially as someone who's a big Goodfellas fan, it's a great movie to watch because it feels like a not only a spiritual successor, but it feels like a, a critique 
on old mob movies. Mm. Like it feels like because this one's mostly about honestly, weirdly, I know we just went on a tangent there to go with Midnight Mass a little bit. Kind of the whole point of like the Irishman is a little bit like how it all falls apart. How like, oh, everything can be great and everything seems like great opportunities, but like at the everyone had the same fate waiting for the end of them, which is fucking downfall, either murder or prison or whatever. You know what I mean? Great movie. Hey, you, that's how you make a good story. That's how you make a good story. What else? Um I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't I, know. I, I don't know if this if this episode's for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> um I think one of my favorite monologues maybe a several is the just the pastor's his uh sermons man those are good to to single out another actor hamish linkletter is so so good in this and i had I, heard on a podcast that he did those in like one take like he had pages pages to take down i've i've always liked that guy this this is his best work this is his best work he's so he's so compelling Every scene with him is so great. And yeah, you're right. His sermons are so good. When he's talking to Riley in the AA meetings, everything he said is so impassioned. Like it, it he what's so great too is he really comes at it. Like he seems like he has the wisdom of an 80-year-old man. Yeah. And he embodies that. And he does these he does these little ticks at moments where he plays like a befuddled old man a little bit where it slips out for a second. Really impressive. Real like I the the one thing I could never say anything bad about in this show is the cast. Everyone. Everyone. Everyone is so fucking good in this show. Everyone's so good. Did we say that up top in the non spoiler part? I hope we did. Let's say it again. Should we okay. This will be spliced in awkwardly. No. <laughs> there it just the performances are so good. It, it's just this is it's just a great little journey, this show. And it has an end, you know, satisfying end. A satisfying end, yeah. Because even even when there starts being like the last two episodes have moments of being like a little, eh, gets a little janky, gets a little. Eh. But the final final moments of the show are not only just very satisfying from a story perspective, but like there's this like very impactful, very impactful. This yeah, this catharsis, this emotional, and like it does. It does truly feel like all of the themes come crashing to like a great like little bow. Well, yeah, we go from the town ripping itself apart. Yes, to then not rebuilding itself, but deciding to band together in their fate. Like they, they don't even solve anything, but they're just like, you know what? Listen, things got out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> We're all vampires now. We've all technically died. <laughs> But there is this moment of like they, because especially it's his parents who like they've been turned and they're they it sucks and when they all when the, every, when the town goes to anarchy too and they meet that back up and and then uh, uh, Henry Thomas is just like he's like he's like I think I killed somebody yeah I don't know like because they almost all, don't even realize what they've done because they're and all then being, they, yeah. they come to the realization of what they've done because some some just you know go hog wild yeah some you people know. you can tell are we're waiting for this they're, this is yeah they've just now they've embraced being the monster and chasing the hunger whereas you have some who are just kind of like why am I this now you know and then so you have this moment where then the whole town gets to come back together and be like listen we fucked up <laughs> we're vampires yeah and then they all just they all sing a, a, a hymn, and then they they wait they're, for they are dust in the wind. Yeah, and then they wait for their fate, and it's a really 
just a really, really great moment, a really uh, satisfying on multiple levels. It, I, I, it's, it's been a minute since I've had. I know I'm, I'm talking about this like it's the greatest thing ever made, but it's, it's been a minute since I've just gone on like a nice little journey with the show, and it got to just end in a nice way, and then I got to just be done with that show. Yeah, it's nice that it's limited too. It's yes. nice that we get to be yes. done with it. Yes, because you couldn't go any further. No, it would really suffer if they tried to do a season two, which yeah. I know they never would, but because it's meant to be one. Especially, yeah, you'd have to do a completely different set, or you have to go, you'd have to do a prequel, or you have to do, some, you know what I mean? Like, no, it's it's a like it's just a really good self-contained story, which is how I feel about Hill House too. I yes. feel like Hill House is no, a he great he's found little, a really good niche. I need to watch Bly. I've never made myself watch Bly. The only reason I haven't watched Bly is because I just if it's as scary as Hill House, I don't want to watch it by myself at night. <laughs> I started. I did not finish it. I and I know I that one I know is not as good. Everyone said it's not as good as Hill House, but I know there's some good stuff in it. But uh, I don't want to watch that. But I also just like I knew I want to watch more of his stuff in general. I like the I yeah. Like, I, well, I've I've talked about Hush. I really loved Hush. It's a horror you movie told me about with that? his wife. I haven't watched Hush yet. Um, I would be totally interested in seeing Oculus. Um, what I've seen of Doctor Sleep, I'm curious of. I haven't watched The Shining in a long, long time. I actually don't even know if I've actually watched The Shining all the way through, if I'm honest. I don't know if I've seen it start to finish. Doctor Sleep was pretty good. I watched that. Uh, I like the book a little better, but that's hard to compete with when you're trying to cram story into two hours. Well, it's also this the this movie they had to like. Make they also it had to blend it with the with movie. the movie and the books, which yeah, the they're Kubrick, different. Yeah, and yep. Stephen King hates the movie, but like, sorry, the movie's incredibly iconic. We kind of have to. You got to do a little. You yeah. can't make a sequel to The Shining no. without referencing. The I guarantee Shining. more people have seen the movie than they have. Read <laughs> oh, absolutely! The book. At least you know, like of our age or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. I don't know. What do you? What, you got anything else that you want to add to this here discussion? As we've, I've got a couple more sips of our wine here, but. No, I don't know. I don't think so. I think we definitely covered it. <laughs> it's our longest. It's our one longest and done. one and done. Yeah, the one. Uh, the one is an hour. <laughs> it's one, yeah, hour, one hour. One hour and done. And then we're done. Maybe. <laughs> Which uh, still rare for us though. We're we're always more than an hour. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize how much I wanted, but I guess yeah, it was nice kind of reliving it too. I hadn't. I hadn't got to. Because yeah, we haven't talked about it. We so. haven't. No, we really have not we've, talked. We about have it. been because we've just talked about how we're going to talk. We've about been it. really holding back on doing. I'm I'm kind of proud of us too because we always say we're going to do that, but we always tend to talk about stuff anyway. But this we really haven't talked about this show much, except for like we both liked it, had some issues with it, we wanted to talk about it. Like, yeah, I think every time we're just like, man, really can't talk about this without spoiling yeah. it. So you can't talk to anyone else about it either. That's the hard no. part of this. Yeah, because I and especially too. Like, have you seen it? No. Okay, go watch it. I don't want to tell you anything. I don't want to tell you anything about it. It's great. They made it during COVID. This was a COVID series. Wow, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Because yeah, that's that's hard enough. Yeah, how many other shows just shut down and gave up? Well, they and they, I think they went into production like fall 2020 or something like that. So it's like still kind of in the thick of it and like full COVID protocols and like it. See that's that's enough stress right there. Yeah, on the actors to like, <laughs> and then to ask the performances we got. Yeah, wow. But uh, but yeah, and then um, like I I alluded to, I did some reading on it that this show it's it's an idea he's had it for a while. Uh, you can find uh, midnight masses in the background of other Mike Flanagan stuff. Oh, really? I think even in Hush, 
Like either there's a book there or something she's working on is called Midnight Mass. She's a writer she's in that a movie. Writer. She might be writing Midnight Mass in that. Um I read something else. There's a midnight there's a Midnight Mass their book called Midnight Mass in the background of one of his other books or one of his other movies. Um so it's like it's an idea he's had for years. And it was all about like his journey to sobriety and Well, his... I'm glad he took his time, to be honest with you. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, I, I, it's, it's an impressive show. I think it's, I think it's just a really good. And I, I, don't, I look forward to his future work. Yes, because it's, I think pretty much from the haunting of Hill House, from then on, he's just been like, killing. yeah. Well, and then, uh, you know, talk a little bit about his, I guess, visual style. Um, and I haven't looked at it fresh, so I don't have that. But he, he loves those kind of those kind of warm tones those kind of saturated yeah, a little he bit likes grays too he just loves yeah that kind he likes of, that kind of grays and that kind of like soft orange kind of stuff like he's he's got a visual look but also what i really love he's very controlled with his camera work he's very very i guess meticulous but he's, he's very like there's he never does handheld or any shit like that it's always just very yeah. And then when he does the, those scenes that have monologues too, like he does just, it'll be one take and it'll just be slowly pushing in on the character very, very, very slowly, very subtly to where you're just, where it's not like a, it's not, you know, yeah. a, a rapid dolly, but it, it's just moving in just it's, to slowly. You don't realize it, but by the end of their monologue, you're on, you're tight yeah, on their face. Now you're getting into a close up and it just has this, you know, that very, very simple filmmaking, but of just the idea of just like, oh, I'm, I'm slowly. Yeah. Now you're, now you're inside this person's head started out here let's get to know them now look how intimate we are and it's it's just it's really great and a lot of stuff in hill house was that too there was some fancy shit in that too but even when they would do the fancy shit it well, was he, always he's good to it his cuts to the creepy shots like when he shows the girl with the glass on her face his edits are you, very well you, timed you yeah because you'll have your character looking at it and you don't know what he's looking at and then it'll go to it but then also later when he looks again, you know what's waiting there. Yeah. And he delays he, yeah. he delays the cut a little bit. He still cuts to it, but he makes you linger looking at Riley for a little bit, being like, you know what he's looking at. Here she is. Yeah. <laughs> you build that tension just a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Tension for a thing that you are like the, so the release of tension is giving you exactly what you already knew was there. Like that's such a great way to do creepy stuff, you know? But um, yeah, I mean, if you made it to the end of this and you didn't watch it, I don't. I mean, if you heard us talking about it, you probably hear how much we liked it. Like, it's a show I probably will watch again at some point. It's not like a, I not yet. No, it's I need to I need to kind of forget a little bit about it or or yeah. have some distance from it. But it's a show I would like to watch. Like, I after I finished it, I was like, that is a show I could watch again. It's like a like a book you like that you could read again. You know what I mean? Or a movie you like? They like. I want to watch that movie again. Like, yeah. I, I think I could do it's that. It's tough again with, with the this series because you definitely have to give it more yeah. time. But I did that with with Hill House. I watched it a couple years later because me and Jess watched it, and it was like I also know, rewatched that two years yeah. part, and it was a great watch going through it again. And it was like that's the nice thing about TV shows because you do forget so much. You do forget, but also like a show like that where there was so much dense stuff in it. You know, one with Hill House is all the hidden ghosts and yeah. blah blah all like that whatever. But like also just thematic stuff. Like his shows are fun to pick apart for thematic reasons, and this this show in particular, Midnight Mass, has so many themes going on that are also intertwined and I don't know, so relatable to about struggles of faith and 
sobriety and trauma like yeah, they're I mean, just it's, it's, very it's very nothing out of reach for anyone who's watching no, it like you no. a lot of people have gone through these things even though there's this supernatural element to it everything in it is is very grounded profoundly in real life profoundly and utterly human yeah everything in it is so fucking human and so well in the vampire so every day is not a major part of the story no it's it, like it literally it is it becomes at the very end, but it becomes more of the deal. But even then, by that point, it's still about these characters. And now, like, yeah, it's about them surviving. But then, the ultimate climax still is them and their their personal stuff, their issues, their character arcs. Man, isn't it nice that a show ends with a bunch of character arcs being resolved? It is. It's all right. God, isn't that nice? It's very nice. A lot of shows don't do that. <laughs> And this show, it ends. The The final episode is wrapping up every character's arc. In a satisfying in way. In a satisfying way and in a way they all culminate. That is, that's good writing. That is good television writing. Yes. Instead of forgetting about six characters. Yes. And we just focus on one. Yes. And that's why I like there's not just one main <laughs> character. Yes. Yes. Because when, when Riley dies, that whole thing, I literally was like, what's the show now? Yeah. That's what I thought, too. I'm like, okay, he's a vampire, and then he burns up, and you're like... Because he was the closest thing we had to a main character, to a protagonist, but yeah. he's not the protagonist. He's he's like this vessel for the story a bit, but like... He gets us to the island. Yeah. Yeah, he's... I don't know. He's, he's, he's this character we follow, but he's not our main character that we didn't know, though. We didn't know he wasn't our main character. It, it feels like it, because it opens on him. Yeah, it opens on him. And most of it is about like his journey back into his hometown. Yeah, because I think it's to... kind of kind of he introduces us to most of the characters. Yeah, what was that actor's name? I'm so sorry, I keep making you open up the Google machine. I like it, but uh, I... Zach Gilford. Zach Gil, he is great in this show too. He is he's great. He's an actor I don't know. I don't know him. This first thing I've seen him in, I think. Looks like he's in Friday Night Lights. Maybe that's where he. The TV show? Yeah, never saw the TV show, but uh, the Purge Anarchy. I did not see the Purge Anarchy. Did I see the Purge Anarchy? Is that the second one? I have no idea. Because I've seen the second Purge. Is the only Purge I've seen is the second Purge. And I think it's you know who's in that one? Mr. Redbox himself, Frank Grillo. Yes. <laughs> That's a my Frank. man. That's a Frank Grillo joint. Should we go ahead and just? Well, that's it. The one has been done. <laughs> and that's how you end a show.